0: Good afternoon, this is Marshall Davis. Today I am looking at the seventh of the non-dual Beatitudes of Jesus. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Non-dual awareness, unitive awareness, is characterized by peace. Inner peace that promotes outer peace. This is the peace that surpasses human understanding. It is the peace of God, the peace of Christ, the Prince of Peace. It's a different type of peace than the dualistic world knows. Jesus famously said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. That's my wife's favorite verse. She quotes it often, shares it often and has seen her through a lot. The peace of Christ is holistic peace. It's wholeness, oneness. It is peace that knows from experience that there is no division or separation between us and God, between us and others, or us and the world. That it is all one and perfect peace. This is not a belief, it's not a conviction, it is seen directly. It is the peace that comes from realizing that everything is right exactly as it is now. There's nothing that needs to be done. Now, it doesn't seem like that when seen through dualistic eyes. It seems like everything is wrong, Seems like the world is going to hell in a handbasket, as they say. And yet peace is present now, if we have eyes to see. But people do not see. That is why non-duality expresses itself as peacemaking. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. The dualistic world of appearances does not know peace. It's always at war with itself. Opposites are battling on the world stage. These wars come from the battle in the dualistic human psyche. Those who have been listening to me since the beginning of these podcasts and videos back in early 2020, during the height of the pandemic and the 2020 US presidential election, know that I was trying to integrate unitive awareness into American politics. It's been a process that is only now becoming clear. Politics is by nature dualistic. Nothing's a better example of dualism than the American political scene. Two political parties, especially in the extreme incarnations that we have now, of the far right and the far left, these two forces are tearing our country apart. This duality is especially seen, can easily be seen by ordinary people, here in New Hampshire, where I live. We have the first presidential primary in the nation. It's all grassroots campaigning. I get the opportunity to personally hear and speak with and shake hands with, if I want to, every person running for president. So it's a great spectator sport. And as a result, it's easy when you're surrounded by All these political dynamics and all these politicians, especially if they come in and swamp our towns every four years, it's easy to get sucked into this political dualistic battle. And I admit, as I have in the past, it's easy to see the two parties and the two sides in terms of a battle between good and evil, right and wrong, but non duality shows us the wholeness that is beyond good and evil. Dualistic politics and social causes are depicted by both sides as a battle between good and evil. The right wing and the left wing both see themselves as the good guys and the other side as the bad guys. This model fits right into traditional Christianity, which sees the world as a battlefield between God and Satan, good and evil. When we demonize our enemies and don halos for ourselves, then we are immersed in duality and we are blind to non dual reality. Non duality transcends good and evil, right and wrong. In unitive awareness, everything and everyone is an expression of God. Non-dual reality is expressed in both good and evil. Now, that's hard for a lot of Christians to see, but there are indicators of this in the Bible. Who planted the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden, according to Genesis? It was the theistic God who created the serpent, who is the symbol for evil in Genesis. It was God, according to to the Bible. So this non-dual truth is present in nascent form, even in biblical theism. Isaiah says... I am the Lord and there is none else. I form the light and I create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. That inclusive God that Isaiah is talking about, it's very different than the dualistic deity who is only light. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all, says the first epistle of John. A lot of the Bible is dualistic, but there are those rare texts that point to a deeper truth. Non dual awareness sees the peace that lies behind the opposing forces of good and evil, right and wrong, light and darkness. It sees the wholeness. That includes yin and yang, and all opposites, all dualities. So how is this lived out in human lives? How is this peacemaking lived out? In my last episode about being pure of heart, I quoted Alan Watts, who said, muddy water is best cleared by leaving it alone. But that's only part of the quotation from his book, The Way of Zen. The full quote is this. He says, as muddy water is best cleared by leaving it alone, it could be argued that those who sit quietly and do nothing are making one of the best possible contributions to a world in turmoil. That is non-dual peacemaking. We live in a world that thinks that the only way to accomplish change is through action, dualistic action, good fighting evil. We've been doing that for who knows how long. Where has it brought us? Where has it gotten us in American politics? We've gotten to the point where now both right and left think that they are good and they are fighting evil. And the more and more they think in that dualistic way, the more and more they are lured into thinking that they must win at all costs. Their goals must be reached by any means available, by any candidate available, by any shenanigans available. And very soon the ends justify the means and the good guys become indistinguishable from the bad guys. People not engaged actively in this battle, as seen between relative good and evil, are considered irrelevant to the real world. That's why politics has taken over evangelical Christianity in the U.S. But Watts says it could be argued that those who sit quietly and do nothing I'm making one of the best possible contributions to a world in turmoil. So perhaps those who pray and meditate are doing more for peace than all the politicians and statesmen and soldiers in the world. Watts goes on to say, yet it should be obvious that action without wisdom, without clear awareness of the world as it really is, can never improve anything. Now, the key phrase here is the phrase, clear awareness of the world as it really is. And if you know Watts, you know he's talking about non-dual awareness. The best thing that I can do to bring peace in the world is not to get involved in this dualistic fight, but to share in Watts' words, clear awareness of the world as it really is. When we proclaim the non-dual gospel of the kingdom of God, we're not irrelevant. We are not so heavily minded we are of no earthly good, as they say. Just the opposite. This is deep peacemaking that political and military can never Accomplish The realm of the spirit is the front line of peacemaking. No political party or army will bring to the earth peace until there is peace in the human heart. Jesus was peacemaking when he refused to defend himself, and he told his disciples to put away their weapons saying for those who take up the sword will die by the sword. If he were saying that today, he would say those who take up guns will perish by the gun. I like the translation, anyone who lives by fighting will die fighting. A non-dual lifestyle is peacemaking by living peace. Later in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus expounds what non-dual peacemaking looks like in action. He contrasts dualistic thinking with non-dual reality. And he says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. See, that's the dualistic way of looking at it. Jesus goes on, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you. Do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. He goes on. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and and hate your enemy. Again, that's the dualism. But I tell you, Jesus says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Here, Jesus uses that phrase, children of God, or children of the Father in heaven, just like he did in the Beatitude when he said that peacemakers shall be called children of God. In both places, he is literally saying sons, not children, but he's talking about sons of God. Now, I understand why this is often translated children of God, and that's because that's inclusive of men and women, and that's fine, but that inclusive translation obscures the fact that Jesus uses the male form here for a reason. Jesus uses this wording because he saw himself as the son of God, and he is saying that others are sons of God too. That new identity that he had, that he saw at his baptismal experience, applies also to others. He did not see himself as the only son of God, or the only begotten son of God. That distinction is a later development of Christianity. Jesus never made distinctions between himself and others, just the opposite. By using the term sons of God here in this beatitude, Jesus is extending that term beyond himself to all who are peacemakers. When we are making peace as Jesus made peace, then we are children of God, as Jesus is the child of God. All who have seen our oneness with God, our oneness with others, and oneness with creation, and live and proclaim that oneness, are sons of God, children of God. That's what this beatitude is saying. That is Christian non-duality. And when that message is heard and heeded, then there is true peace. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com.